we made, made this. this. Or maybe it's just one of those podcasts where we just don't talk about film whatsoever. We just label it with parent trap and we just never mention it. I'd, I'd be up for that if we get that far and we've got enough content. We'll see. We'll see. Probably like, like bear in mind this is the episode after the big guest star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like depending on how this one goes, we might have to push this one back a bit and follow up with something a bit more crowd pleasing. mine, wasn't it? Yeah, you got to do the introduction. Shall I see if I can do it without looking at it? Yeah, go on then. Okay. Hello and welcome to Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watch and review live action, obscure and forgotten Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. That was pretty good. Mm, was it though? No, it wasn't. No. Right, how does it go again? Hello and welcome to Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watch and review forgotten and obscure live action Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. My name's Tim, and I think I got that intro right. You missed a vert in the middle. When you listen to it back, you'll spot it right away and go, fucking hell, Tim. <laughs> fucking hell, Tim. Uh, and as always, I, well, not always anymore. He's about sometimes, sometimes he's not. But it's Chris Wilson over there. Hello. I literally have no excuse. I live around the corner. <laughs> yeah, you really don't. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, people are calling in from California to uh, record this on their lunch breaks, and you're like down the road saying, nah, I can't be bothered. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> How have you been, Venton? Um, yeah, I've been good. We actually managed to hang out in between our last recording and this. We did we? indeed, yes. Which is novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to actually spend time together. That doesn't happen often either. Chris took me to the wrestling again. And bear in mind the first time I took you to the wrestling, this happened. <laughs> For podcasts. What you're listening to now is basically my punishment for taking you to wrestling. Yeah, and uh, I was just about to get into the point where I was over with this podcast, but now you've made me res- go wrestling again. It's, it, we're all back on. We're straight back on again. Yes. In fact, we might just review the same films that we've watched last year, just yeah. to really hammer it home. Yeah, in this infinite loop of craziness. I wonder if a podcast has ever done that, just like reviewed one film every single episode. Yes, we did. There's a podcast, I've not listened to it yet, I think it's called The Worst Idea Ever, and every <laughs> single year they review the same film 52 times, and I believe they did Grown Ups 2. They watched it 52 times and reviewed it 52 times in one year. Holy shit. Absolute madness. Yeah, no thank you, not for me. Yeah, yeah so we went wrestling. We did. I'm, I'm going to do that on first, are we? Yeah, let's go for wrestling yeah, okay, first. Man. I've already mentioned it. Can I just like to point out as a disclaimer, I am not doing a second podcast, because <laughs> I took you to another wrestling show. <laughs> What would I, what would it be if we did another one? It would be something Nintendo based. I was I literally just thinking it was going to be Nintendo. I have got an idea in my head for like a short form podcast, um, which is Nintendo's best failures, because they've got some dodgy shit that they tried to sell to the public over like the you, years. You mean like the GameCube? Uh... No. <laughs> I was meaning like the Virtual Boy and the e-reader, card reader for your um, Game Boy Advance. and I, I was going to say Wii U, but you're close enough to slap me, so... <laughs> no, I get that it's... Well, that that's it. That is what I would class as a 
one of their best failures. It didn't sell well, nobody likes it, but whenever you actually play it, it's a, it's actually really good. Yeah. That's that's an idea that I've got in my head, but I just need to find someone willing to actually go put up with that. Probably I mean, Kirsty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm willing, just, you know, not every time I take to a wrestling show or something, I do another, <laughs> yet another podcast for you. Yeah, that's fair I've enough. I've already got two podcasts. So it felt a bit like a baby's first wrestling show this time, didn't it? Yes. It's a, it was a family-friendly affair. So this was Mega Slam Wrestling at Queensbury Auditorium. I'm going to be amazed if everyone listens through this bit. <laughs> Skip ahead about 10 minutes or so if you want. <laughs> we don't blame you whatsoever. But well, at least I knew what was going on because the baddies kept be were called Team Nasty. Yes. So the concept of a show is that you have two teams, Team Nasty and the ring announcer who isn't even there is up in like the bloody. It's the voice of God essentially. Yeah, didn't see him once. Telling you that Team Nasty have a team that you should boo because they're the bad guys, and Team Megaslam have a good guys and you should give them a cheer, and they even rehearsed it. You know how to boo, how to cheer. Yeah, I think I should have taken to this one first instead of the other one, which was really confusing. With some, at one point there was a ladder match. She had no idea what was going on. <laughs> why? Why are they climbing that ladder? What's you know? What's it all about? Yeah, um, I think at one point it was like eight men in the ring at once, and you had no idea how it all worked. No, to be honest though, mate, if I'd gone to this one first. I would never have gone to a second one. <laughs> well, that's what you said after the first one, anyway. Yeah, I, 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 it's been over a year now. I've kind of forgotten that I don't like it. I, yeah. I, I like the idea of it. It's it's stupid. It's such a weird thing to exist. Uh, what wrestling? Yeah, I I know a lot of people say, "Oh, it's like ballet or something like that." You know, there is a genuine artistry in like all their moves and such. I yeah, can, I can compare it more to a live action, uh, a live action action film. You know, uh, those kung fu sort of sequences where they do it all live there and then, no retakes or anything like that. Yeah, it is a stunt show. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But the stunts were a lot more impressive in the first show that we went to. Yeah, so because this is a family-friendly show, and, um, well, because the wrestlers know that we don't have to do anything near as much as they normally have to to get a reaction, Yeah, this is all pretty much end of a pier, do a few rolls, do a few punches, nothing too elaborate, roll, uh, bad guys roll out the ring, uh, yell at the crowd a bit, don't do any moves for five minutes, come back in the ring. Yeah, because they didn't have any screens for kind of backstage antics in this show, did they? So it was literally like, for padding, every entrance took the whole of whatever song they'd chosen as their entrance music. So you were looking at like five minutes of... No, in, in all fairness, that happens on indie wrestling anyway. Right, it, fair enough. I, I've tried to calculate for you for a week how many months I've wasted in my life just stood there watching people come out through a curtain <laughs> and, and walk around the ring to some music. Yeah. Some some entrances take like three or four minutes at other wrestling shows. Yeah. This was about the same. But to be fair, we had some absolute bangers for oh, the yeah. music. Yeah, I did enjoy the it was very stereotypical like it's what your mum would pick if she was going to be a wrestler, but in the best way. What I love about wrestling is that it's so stuck in the 90s, and all the theme music here is what they'd have come out to in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it was lots of living on a prayer. Yep. And, uh... We had Simply the Best by Tina Turner. Yep. We had 
the um, Gladiators theme song. Yeah, which took me way longer than it should have done to figure out what it was. I mean, to be fair, not being funny, but I imagine you were more of a blind date man when it came to <laughs> the ITV Saturday night schedule when you were younger. Nah, catchphrase all the way, mate. Oh, good choice. Catchphrase and blankety blank. Yeah. I think that says a lot about my life, to be honest. It's now the time to mention I quite like watching Big Break back in the day. So did I. Before, yeah. before we knew what a twat Jim Davidson was. Yep. Did you see what he did today? Nope, don't care. <laughs> that he unveiled a painting of Nigel Farage that Nigel Farage had had commissioned, yep. wh- which was called Mr. Brexit, at some kind of racist thing that they were both at. Is this a new wrestling name, Mr. Brexit? Could be. He'll be on Team Nasty, wouldn't he? I think he's... Boo! Yeah, he'd be the heel to um, Chris Wilson, Grimsby champion. Yeah. I've impressed you over term heel, to be fair. Thank you. I'm I'm picking up the, the uh, words or, here and there. Or the carny slang, yeah. Yeah. That's so, a, that's another important thing that's happened since we saw you. You're now Grimsby champion. I of, am. Of Freeman Grimsby. Street. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot that even happened. It literally happened a week ago before <laughs> recording. Um, are we done with the rest of the Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, quick quiz. One question. All right. Give me the name of one wrestler. Okay, they were all on their crotches, so I should remember this, because that's where I spent most of the time looking, because I was very bored. Um, somebody was called Riley? You know what, you picked the only one who's I don't know the second name of. Cause no, I'm, I can't I'm, 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 That guy's literally the only guy I've never seen before. There was um, a guy that looked like a knobhead YouTuber who I'd already seen wrestling before. He was at the other show. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. He weirdly reminds me of, like, Logan Paul or something. Mm. And yeah, I think that's the point they're going for. And his heel persona is kind of similar, so... Yes. Uh, I can't remember his name at all. Okay. Um, there was it's, Ginger it's, Dave. There was Ginger Dave, yes. Yeah. Hello, Ginger Dave. There was... Um, scrawny twink that the bear kept throwing around. <laughs> A family show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I've seen pornography of that exact fight. Fair play, fair play. <laughs> uh, no, I can't remember any other names. Fair enough. <laughs> Final score, not out of one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm the champion of Grinsby. Yep, well done. Yep, because at my work, I somehow managed to get Freeman Street, which last July was named the unhealthy streets of all Britain. Uh, about a month later, I got it nominated for High Street of the Year. Which kind of just goes to show that these terms mean absolutely fuck all. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, this is a, I think there's a thing Daily Telegraph did, and they basically judged on what's on the street, and, and because we don't have bloody um, like libraries and, I don't know, fountains and mansions, instead we've got gambling shops and a few takeaways. Yeah. You know, that's how we rate it. Mm. It is basically poking fun at... Uh, areas that have less money, shall we say. But yeah, I managed to get it nominated, oh, I should say shortlisted, um, out of 290 that put in an application. We, we were in the final 12. Final That's pretty good, yeah. Final three for England. Yeah. But unfortunately, in the end, we came up short uh, because Belper won. Which is slightly annoying because that's where my brother lives. Next year, you all, you and Belper have to get in like a ring and... Fight, yeah. Yes, and Belper, Belper will take. You'd be the heel in that situation, I guess, would you? 
I don't know, plucky underdog. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Belper plenty of times. Um, it's a... so you know its weaknesses. You know where to chuck it and yeah, which which orifice to stick your fingers. Ugh. <laughs> I, I don't think that was one of the wrestling moves I was telling you about. You know, all the stereotypical bad guy moves, like back rake, your eye gouge, yep. purple and purple. The fucking referee was shocking He was, tonight. yeah. He looked about 12. He, looked, <laughs> he probably was 12. He looked like someone from the audience that they'd put a stripy top on probably and said, was. stand there. Yeah. And uh, he missed literally everything naughty that the bad guys did. I know. Not even like... Occasionally spotting it, like every single time they did something naughty, he missed it. And the only time he spotted anything wrong was when the bad guy, uh, when the good guy tried to do the same thing back as come up yeah. and really got caught. And it got a bit because much... Chiefs has never prospered him, no. apart from all those other times during that show where they did. Yeah, it, it, by the end, it was ridiculous how often he had missed these <laughs> things going on. Oh, man, I should take you to a football game. Oh, fuck, it, fuck that. Yeah, fuck, fuck that. <laughs> I've only ever been to one football game before, and that was seeing Grimsby Town play when I was a kid. I, I kind of enjoyed it, but I don't want to do that ever again. I, I I am a football fan. I'm off to Rome in July for a football game. All right. But I don't go to Grimsby Town games because our fans are absolute idiots, <laughs> and I'm quite intimidated. It's literally the only thing in the world I won't go and do on my own. No, that's so, fair enough. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Disney podcast. Yeah. So we've had uh, some uh, f- sort of fan feedback this week, which has made us feel pretty sparkly inside. Yeah. First of all, Joseph C. Wilfred on Twitter, he did us our very first piece of fan art by um, illustrating my... Your, your Mount Rushmore of oh, Disney characters. My Mount yes. Rushmore, yeah. Hold it up for the microphone yeah. so we can all here, see. Here you go, everybody. There it is. Looks wonderful, doesn't it? Yes. So if anybody else wants to make us some fan art, that'd be great. Yes. Without a mouse at gmail.com or at podwam on Twitter. Which I didn't realise, I've, I've not even looked at the without a mouse email for ages, but it turns out that I've set it up on my phone, so it doesn't matter. Because I've completely forgotten what the password okay, and shit so, was. Okay, so we've had no email then. Well, we had an email this week, Ooh. which is how I know that my email is set up properly on my phone. Because we've had some feedback from a guy called Michael... So he mentions, let's have a look. So he said, hello, Tim and Chris. I've been making my way through your podcasts and I'm nearly caught up. When I got around to listening to the episode for 101 Dalmatians, you named my hometown and wondered if I was Kevin Smith listening from New Jersey. Sadly, I do not have Mr. Smith's money, but I am that guy from that town. Then you asked who was still listening on an iPod and Chris suspected it was a retro hipster here again, the same guy. Yep. My wife bought me an iPod years ago, and the dumb thing still works fine. So rather than toss it, I use it solely for listening to podcasts. To be fair, I regret selling some old iPod stuff. I've still got my iPod Touch, which it comes in handy when I go on a plane. Yeah. Because uh, then, like, as as Michael says, you just load it up with podcasts, and you're good to go, and it's not going to waste your phone battery. Yeah, exactly. Which is going to be great for us in Disney, because I need t- nine hours of content to <laughs> keep me entertained. Because I, because I get so ill on a plane, mm. I can't watch the TV. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it makes me feel sick. Sickness, yeah. So I have to literally, for the whole flight, just sit there with my headphones on and my eyes closed for nine hours. Yeah. I can recommend a good podcast here. Yeah? yeah? Cinema Watch Me. com. <laughs> I listened to that already. Uh, but I will get caught up because 
this weather that we've had means, means that I haven't been getting out to do any gardening for weeks and weeks and weeks, well, months. And that's when I do the majority of my podcast listening. So I am so behind at the moment. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So back to the email. Uh, speaking of which, congratulations on booking your upcoming March trip to the States to visit Walt Disney World. Exciting times. I get there two to three times a year because he's got he's part of the Disney Vacation Club, which we've been looking at and we're like, nope, definitely can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, very jealous that you've got that. It's basically like um, timeshare, but Disney version. So, oh right, is it, is it like you've got property on there and you pay a yeah. certain amount? You pay well. It, the The price you pay varies depending on how often you stay and stuff. But basically, you pay over the next ten years. But then you have that. You have a share in the vacation club for fifty years. Okay, but like it's the problem is it is quite expensive especially for if you're a couple like me and Kirsty mm. because um all, you know even the lower rooms are quite big because they assume it's for a family yep. and it only it literally only covers the room so if you were to go to Disney you would still have to pay your for your flights which from here is crazy money you're looking at a grand each mm. pretty much or a grand for the pair of you um and you've still got to pay for your park tickets which for a two week holiday is over 500 quid and stuff like that. So by the time like you've factored all that in, it means that basically we looked into it. And me and Kirsty for ten years would be paying five hundred quid a month for ten years to still then have to pay for flights and everything else when you get there and food. So just buy a tent. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's, it, it's not feasible for us anytime soon. How about Disneyland Paris? Well, we could take we could take the train to Disneyland Paris, couldn't we? Could do. Well, speaking of, he says that. Um, so, yeah, a few years back, my wife and I flew to England to visit her sister. My brother-in-law dropped me off at a train station at the very end of their local line in London. From there, I had to find my way to King's Cross with a transfer along the trip due to construction on the line. I found the Eurostar and somehow travelled all the way from their home to Disneyland Paris without a guide or quite literally a single bit of knowledge or planning. Didn't even research the parks. Total last-minute seat-in-my-pants trip. That's the way to do it. Mm. To be honest, like as I'm sure... Michael found out there is so much less planning you have to do when you go to Disneyland Paris. Yeah. It's not like Disney World where you have to plan every single thing you could do. You can literally just rock up and do whatever you like. This is just basically like Pleasure Island, but in Paris. That's the thing. Like it's. I mean, I'll take you've been, have you? Oh yeah, I've yeah. been loads of times. But if you've never been to a Disney park, you can't understand what they're like. They're like they're completely their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so different. They're so. Im- it's an Im- really immersive experience, but. With the Paris Park, because it's not anywhere near as busy as Disney World ever, like you can just walk in and just do what you like. All the restaurants have got tables. All the rides, you just get a ticket for your fast pass, which just tells you when to come back later. So okay. We'll have to go. About to say, I've uh, I've never been properly to France. <laughs> we went on that uh, trip at college, but I'm not even sure that was properly France. I'm still convinced we just... Oh, yeah, we in. did, didn't we? No, I'm sure we just stuck, stuck us in Belgium and then told us it was the north of France. It was mostly Belgium, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Because yeah. they took us to see where the Grimsby chums had all been blown up. Yep. Just what I wanted. Mm. My <laughs> first ever time abroad. Yep. Well, that was it. So, yeah, thanks for the email, Michael. And as well as the email, Michael also left us our second review on iTunes. I should probably write an iTunes review at some point, shouldn't I? I was just thinking we should probably write some for all the We Made This guys as well. <laughs> probably, yeah. Since uh, Matt from Pickadisc has written us one. The main thing for me is I have absolutely no idea how to log into my 
Apple iTunes account anymore. Just create a new one. I'm, well, yeah, I might have to at this rate. Um, but yes, his review of our podcast. Five stars, brilliant in all of its simplicity. No overproduced podcast here, just two hosts with perfect timing <laughs> and dry delivery of intelligent, witty observations. They review the good and suffer through the bad of Disney's live-action films so that I don't necessarily have to. Give this show a listen. These lads are definitely worth your time. So... Thank you so much, Michael, for your feedback. As well, I had a look at the figures because of him saying which town he was in. On our back end for Spreaker, the furthest back we could look at was July. But basically, since July to now, Michael accounts for 8% of our listenership. So he is, our, he is literally our number one fan. Yep. So thanks a lot, Mike. Which just says to us we've got about 20 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> You've exposed us. Yes, but 20 very dedicated listeners, yes. and that's what we like. I'd rather have 20 dedicated listeners than 2 million casual listeners. <laughs> oh, actually. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have three people that actually contact us a lot and yeah. give us feedback than a, a million billion. I'd rather have three people give us shitloads of money on Patreon than 3,000 to give us maybe a dollar. Yeah. Patreon.com slash we don't have one of those, do we? <laughs> I'd rather have a million quid. Yeah. A- end of quote. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Uh, yeah, we've got a to-do list today, by the way. If there's a good reason. Yeah, we're doing our absolute best to uh, not Pat. actually talk about the uh, film, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, which is pretty normal, but this is, a, this is an extreme case this <laughs> yes. week. This is a very special case of not doing research before choosing the film. <laughs> now, normally, what that means is I pick something that's not available on anything other than on YouTube for £2.49. Yeah. But this time, something a bit different. Yeah, so... The Parent Trap 1961 turned out to be pretty much identical to The Parent Trap 1998. Yes, it did, Tim. Except the twins had a different hair colour. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I know what we can talk about first. What's that? My existential crisis that I had in the back of your car the other day. Hooray! (laughs) It's vaguely relevant to the podcast. You're not quitting, are you? Yeah, that's it. This is how I announce it. Yeah. We, we're never going to get bigger than having a Disney employee on as a guest, so... That is, that is pretty big, though, to be fair. Yeah, I think it's time that we pack in. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> See you later! Cute kazoos. And this is where I insert an uh, advert for my Nintendo podcast that's coming up. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were, I was talking to Chris in the car the other day about... How I feel, we're very, uh, what's the word, conflicted at the moment with my love of Disney. Yeah. In that I'm a bit worried that it's taken over my entire life. Yeah. Because basically anything that I've bought for myself over the last year, or maybe even year and a half, has been Disney related in some way. Um, And it's a bit like, I've got to remember that there are other things in life. Mm. Uh, at least you've got your wrestling to fall back on, but I'm worried a little bit that it's taking over. <laughs> wrestling is literally the only thing I do. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, my my Disney obsession is not as bad as your wrestling obsession. At least I can do most of it from the comfort of my own home. Yes, that is true. Yes, <laughs> I have to spend a lot of money just to go to shows and all that lot. 
But yeah, so uh, what you're saying is friendship ended with Disney. Now Sony Pictures Animation is your best friend. Did you just read that off the cover you made for my uh, notebook? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So next week, the Emoji Movie. <laughs> oh, what else have we got to... Oh, Cloudy with Chance of Meatballs. That was good. Does um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse count? I think it does, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the film that we'll review every week for 52 weeks then. I mean, it wouldn't really work because we really enjoy it. It would just be... <laughs> you know, well, what's you... the point unless we're all miserable and stuff? But surely by the end, you would definitely hate it after 52 goes round. No, it was a pretty good film, to be fair. <laughs> I, re- I really enjoyed it. Plus, it's got Nicolas Cage in it. Oh, of course it has. Yes, so... Well, there um, you go. I'm off giving, offering you the chance to review a Nicolas Cage film every week for a year. Yeah, but I'd rather review bloody uh, Bad Lieutenant 52 times instead. Oh, no, mate. Calm down. Fucking iguana. <laughs> Saying that and having all this bit of an ex- existential crisis, obviously I'm I'm going to Disney in less than two months' time, <laughs> so then it's going to top me right back up again and I'm going to be obsessed. Even that, after all this build-up, you're just going to spend the two weeks just like moping round <laughs> in like a bloody Mickey Mouse hat, just like with your hands in your pockets, skulking round and all the pictures are going to look like uh, Keanu Reeves eating a sandwich on a bench. I'll have to show you the pictures sometime from when I went when I was 15 because they're priceless. Because any time my mum and dad tried to take my picture, being an emo kid, I was just like trying my best to look as moody as possible. Yeah. So there's all these stupid, like they're hilarious to look back at because obviously I'm in the middle of the happiest place on earth just looking like I want to kill myself. <laughs> Despite like three seconds later having like the biggest grin on my face but purposely don't, not the wanting to show. The easiest place on earth. In fact, stay there. I'll go see if I can find some. Sure. I imagine if I went when I was 15 in my Limp Bizkit hoodie, I'd spend all my time putting my middle finger up to the camera instead. It's like, yeah, fuck you, I'm not going to tidy my bedroom. Oh, God, are we doing this thinking where I've got a talking microphone while waiting for Tim? I thought we gave up this joke in the summer. Um, I don't know, Hail Satan, I guess. Um, uh, well, I'll drink this with coffee drinking coffee at nine o'clock at night. This is going to be dangerous. Oh, watch out, it's back. I like how we had the pictures ready. It's as though we planned this spot. We had them out for the Geekathon, and I just chucked them in a drawer, so I knew exactly where they were. Okay. Are you putting all these on Twitter till coming to this episode? I've done it a few times, but I can do it again. Fantastic. All right, here we go, then. So... Because I will say, I've, I've never seen these, so... So we'll start with a slightly better one. This is me at least looking off wistfully into the distance like like I'm posing for some kind of model shoot. I'll hold up to the microphone again. Well, dear, why have you got a, a hat as though you're like a member of Stereophonics? I know. It's the, <laughs> I have this thing where no hats ever suit me or fit me. So that was that bucket hat lasted me a good decade because I had nothing else that would stick on my head. I've got a really weird shaped head. Yeah. You look like you tried to score some ease at the V Festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the best look, is it? <laughs> and yeah. uh, check out this uh, this skater boy here. Yeah, I hold up to the microphone so everyone can see. This guy's having a whale of a time. It's weird to think that you knew me one year after these pictures were taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of looks like, you know, that American Gothic painting. <laughs> I'm stood next to my dad. Yeah, it's the American Gothic of 
English tourist. Yes. What if you just need to be uh, holding a rake and then you're all good? My dad is has always been hilarious for like. He's one of these people you absolutely can tell he's a British tourist wherever he goes. Yeah. Just from looking at him. He's always got a camera around his neck. He's always got his uh, flip-flops on with socks. And and a bum bag. And a bum bag, yes. Yeah. One mean? decade after bum bags were actually still in circulation. Because <laughs> uh, when this would have been like, what, 2003, I think? 2002, 2003 time? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, so I remember having a fluorescent bum bag, but that was like in 1994. (laughs) Yeah. We've just bought some bum bags for going to Disney now. That's the thing. We won't have a Disney bum bags. No, they're just plain ones. Oh, there you go then. You're starting to buy things that aren't Disney. Well, yeah. It's essential crisis over. Yeah, fine. There you go. But yeah, because I was looking, I needed, it kind of came from the fact that I needed a new phone case, and instantly the first thing I looked at was Disney ones, and I was like, I have Disney everything. I need to have something that's not Disney. So that's why I picked my new Scott Pilgrim one. Oh, very nice. I mean, I don't like the film, but yeah, very nice. Fine. The film gave me a headache when I saw it. But when it's Edgar I can Wright understand. as well. Yeah, it's an Edgar Wright film. Yeah, I know. But I say... Visually, it's quite a lot. It is, yes. <laughs> um, I was really disappointed because obviously by at that point, you know, bloody space, genre, dead, egg, um, hot fuzz, he couldn't do anything wrong. But he did that. Fair enough. I can totally get where you're coming from, but it is one of my favourite films of all time. Yeah. Not a Disney film. True, yeah. There you go. You're more than just Disney, Tim. Well, that's it. I know I am. I just need to do it. Yeah. (laughs) So what you're saying is that I should start a wrestling podcast with you on it. That was one of the original pitches, though, wasn't it? It was, You wanted to do a podcast and you proposed... That you'd watch wrestling as a new fan. Unfortunately, there is a podcast quite similar to that. That's and that's what, why we're not doing it. That's why we're not it, doing yeah. it. But in power hindsight, you would have lasted five episodes tops. Yeah, because I'm because not going to enjoy it, I don't think. Wrestling is fucking ridiculous and stupid at the best of times. I just spend too long looking, checking out the boys in their pants. I'm very sorry to say. Well, yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only one there doing that. Well, no. <laughs> anyway... So yeah, that's been our review of uh, The Parent Trap. <laughs> um, where can people find you on the internet, Chris? Well, they can find me at KidsWol. That's S-W-O-L. I'm not shadow banned anymore, which is nice. Are you shadow banned? I'm not even sure that was a mention of a podcast. I um, Yeah, for some reason, people were unable to see my replies for about two weeks for some reason, but that's now been lifted. Right. I don't know what I did. No. I, I, whatever I did, I didn't do it. <laughs> And uh, my Twitter is at TimblesRH. The official Twitter for this podcast is at Podwam. And we're also on Instagram at Without a Mouse. You can follow Without a Mouse on Facebook. And as we said earlier, you can email us at Without a Mouse at gmail.com. Sorry, I can't remember that one. There you go. And what's the other one? Yeah, leave us any reviews anywhere that'll listen. Or should we talk about the film, though? Yeah, we'll better talk about the film. Yeah. <laughs> You're in for a big surprise when you discover the fun and excitement of Walt Disney's new motion picture, The Parent Trap. It's twice the fun when you see duplicate daughters set a trap for the gal who's after their dad. Starring Maureen O'Hara and Brian Keane. Come on in, See Haley Mills and Haley Mills in... Trap when it plays in a theater near you. Oh, there's a ghost at the door. Oh.
We are really good at distracting ourselves. <laughs> Who could it be? If this was night, it'd be Mr. Blobby. But instead, it's Daisy. Hello. Daisy. I hope Millie doesn't listen to this. Millie's my cat. Oh, hello, sausage. Oh, she's coming right over to me. Well, she is your wife. Yeah, of course. <laughs> she looks very confused. Yeah. Oh, you're lovely. Right, yes. So, so, so the parent trap. So, why did you pick this? So, the main... Again. <laughs> the main thing was, obviously, we've now been going for over a year. I thought, what can we do to change things up a bit? And thought, let's go for our first retread of a film. That, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It probably did see what the time. <laughs> now, I can see what you're going for here. Because, in all fairness, there's quite a few remakes that are vastly different to the original. Yeah. And it's often said that the reason why you do a remake is to improve and correct for, from the mistakes yeah. that the original made. Or in this case... Pfft. Lindsay Lohan and Hayley Mills, who was the main actress in this one, yes, they both started out in the Mickey Mouse Club, which was kind of like a TV show that had lots of kids that were sort of cast members. Mm. And what tends to happen with Disney is then they every few years they'll pick a few to really promote in other projects. So that's where Lindsay Lohan came from. Your Miley Cyrus's as well. Yep. Britney Spears even started mm-hmm. as a Mickey Mouse Club. Um, so there is that similarity. And it basically both of these projects were star vehicles for these girls to start their careers. Yes. And in this case, there wasn't anything to improve, anything to correct. It was a case of, well, it's still 1998, I suppose. You know, not all media is widely available. Yeah. There is an argument that people probably wouldn't have checked out the older film anyway. No. Whereas now, I mean, I watched this on Sky Go, where both versions sit on the same. Like when you search for it, both versions are there. Cool. Which obviously you wouldn't get that in... 1998, you wouldn't have the 1961 verse on, no. uh, on the shelf because otherwise people might just go buy the VHS and watch that instead. Yeah. We're not going to go into the full rundown <laughs> of the plot for this week. It, listen to your episode for that. Yeah, if you've not listened to our other Parent Trap episode, start there because it's exactly the same plot. Um, all we're going to do basically now is go through the very minor differences between yes. the two films. I mean, I spotted a few, yeah, but I'm not sure if I've just forgotten a couple of details. I mean, actually, the other one. Yeah. So it started off really promisingly in that it had the best credits of any film that we've watched so far, I thought. I won't go that <laughs> There was artistic merit to them. There was some nice little stop-motion cupids yep. floating around. Basically rehashing the plot of the film before you've even seen it. Yeah, it? yeah. Where... Singing about the plot. If their loves on skids, treat your folks like kids. Are your family trees gonna snap? So to make them dig, first you gotta rig. Uh, what do you gotta rig? The parent trap. If they yeah, so it starts, it's like um, an ornate puppet theatre, and then it's stop motion animation of these characters, of the main characters over a song called The Parent Trap uh, and I saw my favourite uh, names at the bottom of the music credits which was the Sherman Brothers yes apparently their first feature film yes which I did not know yes. um, and I can kind of 
telling that this is not their best work. <laughs> it's a rough draft of what they'll do later on. Yeah, it's it's getting. You can see that they're get, getting yeah. there. Yeah. I think the uh, major differences to uh, this film compared to later on is there are a couple of musical numbers in here, technically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's the point. Yeah, because there aren't any at all. In no, no. Film. So, no. so I think this is very much. Well, I mean, it's still very much that like 60s Disney sort of vibe, and yeah. if you've got the Shermans on there, then they're going to make the mark on it, yeah. instead of just like putting a few bits of orchestral music and that's it. There were shitloads of energy in these opening credits, which I really liked. Yes. Like, it goes straight in at number 10 from the beginning, so I was really hoping that you know the film can keep it up, because this is, this is where we're at currently. Mm. And then from there, we go straight to camp, and it is... Almost shot for shot, exactly the same film as the Lindsay Lohan version. Yeah, isn't it? Um, I think I mean, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because with Disney, we complain now about like your Dumbo's and your Lion King's coming out, and it's been shot for shot the same thing. But this is literal. Yeah, this is almost uh, Psycho Night ninety eight levels of shot for shot. Yeah, it look it could be the same camp as well that they've shot in. It by could the looks be, yeah. Of it. I imagine it'll be somewhere that's quite near the studios that they've yeah. filmed that. I think, so it's the same setup with the characters as well. I've got my names mixed up already. It's uh, Sharon and Susan of the twins, is it? Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. So uh, well, Sharon... It's Kay- Katie and Hallie in the newer one. one. Yeah, so uh, Sharon, she's like from a posh, a posh sort of background. She's got her own limo driver and all that lot. Yeah. Uh, and the other one's a bit more... Rough and tumble, got a more common Boston accent in this one instead of. That's the only other difference as well. It took me fucking ages to realise that she wasn't supposed to be from London. Yeah. Because <laughs> she kind of has an English sounding accent anyway. She does, but I think back then American and British accents sort of melded into one yeah. in those sort of films. Yeah. There wasn't that much difference, so it was confusing. Yeah. Um... But she's supposed to be uh, from Boston, mm-hmm. weirdly. Um, so yeah, the very beginning part is shot for shot, but we get straight in with them first identifying each other as looking the same, which I thought meant we were going to kind of speed through the camp bit, because when we watched the the Lindsay Lohan version, one of our criticisms was that maybe the camp section of the film went on for a bit too long, because mm. um, it wasn't really setting anything up, it was just, they could have got to seeing each other a lot sooner. Which we did here, in all fairness. Yeah, so I was like, oh, maybe we're actually going to have a quicker film. So at that point, I looked at how long the film was and saw that it was two hours and nine minutes. It's actually longer than the other film. It is. By about three minutes. Which is mental, because that one felt like it lasted forever. Yeah, which I assume comes from that five minutes uh, animation sequence. And we've got some songs. We've got to stop the plot for some songs as well. (laughs) We do, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they probably wanted to do more with the... um, composites of like a teasing that one's in the same frame as the other but yeah. we're not identifying them and all this lot apparently the scripting called for a lot less of them on the screen together yeah but when walt disney saw the effects come to life he like demanded that more of that stuff is written in but i don't think they thought for the opening bits well we'll tease it a bit more it's yeah. like literally two minutes in oh you look like me yeah Except your hair's a bit shorter <laughs> but then we get our first bit of deviation, which is that the there's a boys' camp down the road, which is going to they're going to have a dance. Yes, um, this caused me to then get really mixed up because 
for this film, and only I didn't actually make any notes for the uh, 1998 version for the podcast, so I couldn't like just take the notebook and note it. But thankfully, I've remembered everything anyway. <laughs> but this bit, I went. Did that happen? Then I remembered that was heavyweights. Yeah, we've watched too many films about going to camp. <laughs> we we? Have, yeah. We've watched four. <laughs> <laughs> we are not picking camp rock as the next film. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, well, that's a decompobulated anyway. Maybe that's for me and Kirsty. Phew. <laughs> Got out of that one. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I could, uh, there was this dance that they go to with the boys' camp. Yes. And apart from it being a reason for the girls to get into trouble... There are differences here, though. Yeah. So, the bit in the remake that causes them to be put in isolation is the um, messing up the hut gag. Yeah. Because in that version, in comes the camp captain, whatever you call her. Yeah. And, uh, and she gets like tired and feathered everything instead. But she here, looks like she's been on an episode of Get Your Own Back. Yes, she does. But in this one, it's like the first instant, basically, and yeah. kids get all messed up, but nothing really comes of it. It's just well, they, like well, they, one. They use it as an excuse for one of the girls to then not be allowed to go to the dance. Yes. So they kind of streamlined it in the other version mm. by just having that as what gets them put into isolation. So, whereas the camp section in the 90s version was very front-loaded before they meet each other... This camp section is just as long, but very backloaded, where they spend ages, just the two of them in isolation, just chatting. Yep. And it gets a bit boring by the end. It takes them fucking ages to figure out that they're the same, that they're twins, doesn't it? Does. it? Shall point out the uh, other big difference in this first bit, which yep. is the um, the bit at the dance, because there's no dance in the uh, other version. And here, Sharon, Susan, which are one of them... Um, as she's talking to a boy and she's leant against a fence, like with like bit exposed, so Susan or the other one has a pair of scissors, sneaks up behind and cuts like a strip from the back of her skirt, yeah. exposing her behind. Everyone gets to see her pants. Yeah, everyone gets to see her in her pants. So she goes back dancing, and then her friends have to like escort her out quickly because they all realise and she gets embarrassed. I can see why they cut this bit out of the nineteen ninety eight version. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine the internet if it was audio clear shot of Lindsay Lohan's ass there? Yeah. Uh, however old she was. The only other note I made about the dance was that not a single person in the shot looks like they're enjoying themselves. No, definitely not. <laughs> All these kids being forced to dance with the opposite sex yeah. when they really don't want to. Uh, they all look like from the contract with Disney, but not going anywhere, but we can't get out their contracts. So we better just dance, damn it. Yeah. You can't talk about the other bit here, which is the. Speaking of wrestling, there's more of action in this little bit than what you got to witness on yeah, Saturday night. There is, there is a lot of violence in this film, isn't there? I know. <laughs> and this really took me back because they, they get into a full-on fight. So yeah. they slap each other and we start rolling around. With the stingiest sounding yeah. impact I've ever heard on a slap. It's I'd, I'd be tempted to go put this into uh, Adobe Premiere. And just beef up those sounds a slightly bit more, and it will come across as really fucking violent. Yeah, it would. Like, but it's well, not even the first time. It's not. It is the first time, but it's not the last in this film, is no. it? No, it's really 1961 about his actions <laughs> to violence. Yeah, the script is very of the time in its presentation of women and how they act. Yeah. So it is very like the. 
if you're a if you're a young girl, you're catty and you fight. Mm-hmm. And when you get in, when you become a woman, you just go crazy later on. You become a crazy gold digger. Yeah, hungry for a man. Or you're just obsessed with your ex. Yes. <laughs> so th- they make a weird comment when they're in isolation. One of them says that they can't wait to be 18 and drive a car. But I thought you could drive from like 15. In America, depends if you take those driver's ed lessons, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's not really isolation either. Because they're allowed out. Because they're allowed out, they talk to their friends and all that lot. So it's not really isolation. It's just you have to share a room together. Yeah. And sleep in. I saw a really interesting fact as well, which is that in the 1990s version that we watched, they bond over both dunking their Oreos in peanut butter. Mm. And in this one, they uh, share Fig Newtons. These are both by the same, owned by the same brand, Nabisco, and they actually had brand that they paid to get those into both films. How lovely. they very, very cynical. Sort very of weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the photo reveal. So, if I remember, I, com- I forgot how the photo was actually revealed in the they, vision, but wasn't it a split photograph? Yeah, so it was the same photograph split into two, and then they put them together to reveal, yeah. whereas it's a bit more clunky in this, it is. isn't it? But the one in the more modern version is really cliche. It's, yes. It's like the whole, oh, I've got one half of a necklace, oh, you've got the other half, that sort of yeah. nonsense. Whereas here, they just reveal a picture of the mum. And it's not very remarkable, this reveal whatsoever. And the other one's just like, well, that's my mum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, How does well, that work then? Oh, oh wait a minute. Oh, we must be sisters then. Yeah, oh, we're twins. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they have a long section of them teaching each other how to be the other person. Mm-hmm. One of them says that their favourite food is chilli beans. I was like, who the fuck's favourite food is chilli beans? Not chilli, just, just the beans. Just the beans. When I have a chilli, I normally leave those to one side. Yeah, they're the worst bit. Yeah, Nobody just... likes a chilli because of the beans. It's just weird. Yeah. And then I just thought it was funny that at one point, one of them was brushing their teeth, but they've got toothpaste all around their mouth, so it looks like they're sh- about to shave. <laughs> but, I mean, this is how clo- how nitpicky I was getting with my notes, because I was desperately trying to find something to talk about. You were literally like frame by frame, pointing out that little differences up. That light slightly different to the other film. I'll tell you what, though. This is the first time I've managed to do a two-hour film in one sitting because I just didn't have to have my notebook in my hand. No. Like, at least we. it was almost more enjoyable to watch this film because I didn't have to think too much. Mm. <laughs> then, yeah, they get to home time um, when they've you know, obviously decided that they're going to swap places. I just thought that one of them looked like they were dressed like a Von Trapp child from Sound of Music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then but, I thought one of them was driven back to their London house and because at this point I still hadn't figured out that they were in Boston and not mm. London. So I said to Kirsty that like this is this is a New York brownstone. This isn't London. And then literally I it's didn't not, caught on to that. It was literally not until about halfway through the film that I suddenly was like that one of them mentions the word Boston and yep. I was like, Oh. Oh right. It's I mean, I think logistically it's a, probably a lot more convenient than the other film to actually have them still yeah. in the same country because yeah. the other one, it's just crazy like going back and forth between all the different bloody countries. You know, yeah. think about carbon footprint, love. Come on. But here, um, I think it sort of worked better as a result. Yeah, because it's... There's... They got to cut out a lot of crap from the other film in that there's no... 
hijinks of a hotel. And, yeah, and that's that something lot. I noticed. There's no hotel bit. So I don't know how they managed to add the time back on, apart from those bloody musical sequences. No. But they lumped out about 25 minutes of the 1998 version yeah. just by having them in the same country. So when we first see the house, um, they really played down the poshness of the Boston family in the remake because they've got servants and mm. the grandma's still around telling you know the girl how to behave properly and stuff yeah. so it's a bit more stuffy this family whereas in the remake it's that they're still quite normal uh, they're obviously well off but they're not uh which bit sorry the uh ones in london slash boston yeah yeah it certainly felt like that because i thought from what i know about like boston accents though about like everyone would be a lot broader but this is very much everyone's speaking with stiff upper lip yeah there's like the uh, grandmother and grandfather there, and they've got certain values yeah. that are quite traditional. And then grandf- the grandfather has um, a scene with Hayley Mills, and it is again, this is a word for word remake of the same scene in the in the remake. Mm. Um, I wondered then because one of the things we said about grandfather was that he his role isn't particularly big in the '90s one, and yes, I wondered if that meant. Maybe he was going to play a bigger role in this one, um, and he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he is just here again to make a few comments that makes the mum go, "Oh, hang on a minute, I better actually dress myself up and present myself a bit better." Yeah, but that's that's about it. And then Grandma, who we didn't have in the other film, she's just a cowbag, like because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the the girls made her a bird cage, and uh, whilst she was away, and she thinks it's a piece of shit and is going to chuck it away, and then. She it, comments on her hair. It being, did look like a piece of shit, though. I mean, it did, yeah. yeah. But you're not supposed to say that. Well, the kids need to learn. They're 13 yeah. now. We should know the realities of the world. Making a birdcage out of bloody popsicle sticks. Yeah. Grow up, love. And then um, Hayley Mills gets straight into grilling mum about why her and dad split up. No, mm. no, no banter first. It's I, just straight to it. I, I'm, I'm sure, again, they took a lot longer to get to this bit yeah. in, in the other one. And then um, Kirsty made a, a point, which obviously I would never have spotted, which is that mum's wearing a wedding ring through the whole film. Oh, really? Even though she's supposed to be single. I and they, they were divorced. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I wonder if that was a deliberate thing or just a mistake, because the actors just kept it on. I think so. Yeah. Maybe her own wedding ring wouldn't actually come off. I, I, I wonder if you watch these old films... With uh, women in it, I wonder how many of them wearing wedding rings anyway, because it's probably seen as a bad thing to take it off even for acting. I don't know. Is it? <laughs> Do you think it's a committee meeting that's like, oh, we can't show a woman on this on a film without a wedding ring? And that it wouldn't surprise me. And then the creative department's like, but it's in the script that she's single. And they're like, no, no, can't do that. Well, maybe she's wearing it just in case they get back together. So therefore. So she thinks she's still holding on to the relationship. You think it's an intentional... I assume that's what we went for. Oh, yeah, probably. You'd hope that's what we went for. We would hope for. Um, we didn't just plum forget. They go from this really weird picnic scene, which I thought... This didn't sit well with me. No, because first of all, they're clearly just on a soundstage. Yeah. But then it's there's like a projection or it's been composited in the background for a park. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why didn't you just go to a park? <laughs> yeah. And then they do, the mum has a song, which well, is... Well, they walk along first and the composite behind them moves at the wrong speed. Yeah. According to what they are. 
completely wrong angle as well. I've never seen just composite work of someone just walking through a park. No. It looks like when you're seeing a car chase done, doesn't it? Like, yeah. cause they're literally walking on a treadmill and this shot is, so I don't know why they didn't just go to a fucking park to film this. Good question. It's really odd. Cause none of these composites, like with car chases, it works because most of the background is obscured by objects like the rim of the car. And, yeah. Uh, but here she, it's a wide open space. It's literally everything behind her is exposed and, but the, at this point, I was thinking maybe maybe all of the acting work was actually done on set and they never actually went, you know, to Boston to film these kind of things. But it then was... they, straight after the song, they cut to them actually in a park because they have an aerial shot mm. of them in the park. So they did go out mm. to the... Was it actually Venvo or did they get... Someone else in like a, a, oh, a second yeah, AD to, yeah. to get a shot above with a uh, stun double. <laughs> Maybe. Otherwise, it just the whole sequence is back. Like for a modern audience, you just sat there like this is. It's like having a dream sequence almost. If you added some maybe music to the background, especially during the song that she quickly has. It could be very uh, Lynchian in its presentation. My other thought was maybe this was all done in reshoots later. Like they decided that they needed a mum to have an extra song or something. Or the Sherman Brothers had written this song that they forgot to film. And then... Perhaps. Either way, it just feels so strange. And the song is... Sorry, guys. The song is terrible. You said there was music. What song did they play? Song? Oh, there must have been a song. You know, the old, they're playing our song type of thing? Oh, well, if there was, I wouldn't remember it. It was much too long ago. Oh. I can't even remember what it's about. No, I couldn't remember how it sounds like either. No. She just like starts murmuring to herself and it suddenly turns into a full blown song. Like, what? What? Okay. Right. Yeah. Then uh, we go back, we go to California to the ranch to see the other side of things. We're introduced to the ranch foreman, who is a guy. And so I thought that this was the Chessie, <coughs> excuse me, uh, character, role reversed. But then we then straight away meet like. The housekeeper or yeah, the caretaker? Yeah, who is the uh, Chessie of this one. So, so we basically had this extra character that barely comes up, only gets mentioned later for a racist joke. <laughs> yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's basically a prop for being a gypsy later on, and that, that is it. Yeah. And then um, Dad and 
Haley Mills go to play some golf, which doesn't happen in the original. No. And he's a bit of a prick, to be honest. I don't think he's as good as Dennis Quaid. No. He's not charming. No, Dennis Quaid has that likability. Yeah. You can imagine him being he, a dad. He, he has that, oh, shucks, I've got a cowboy hat. I sort of don't know what I'm doing, but I'll bumble through it sort of charm. Yeah. Whereas this guy is just a bit slightly aggressive, I'd say. He did have another child, but they're currently rolled up in a carpet in his cupboard. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of vibe he's giving off. Mm. This this actor has never spoken to a child before in his life. No, like, definitely not. Especially later on with, when he realises the two twins are there. And, and he like looks at him and you think, is he going to slap him? Yeah, it's the really like the 60s idea of what a, a guy thinks a cool guy is. Yeah. And it's not. No, it's not. It's... <laughs> Vaguely threatening. <laughs> yeah, and he's slagging off mum as well, so he, that makes him even less likable. Yeah. Um, and gets in this weird thing where he gives, he ends up giving Hayley Mills the talk, like about the birds and the bees, which was a bit weird, because obviously that's not relevant to the plot or anything. No. And then Kirsty really thought he sounded like Baloo from The Jungle Book, but we looked it up and he wasn't. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's how little I've got to say about this film. I'm even talking about things that are not to do with the film. Still to do with Disney, though. Well, yeah, Although, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet Dad's girlfriend, Vicky. Not Meredith in this film. But interestingly, um, the actress that played Vicky in this film plays Meredith's mum in the 1998 yes, version. I knew that. So the 1998 version is kind of a sequel to this, mm. weirdly. Right in thinking as well, our parent trap of the cast, only her yes. and, and Via Kid are the only two still alive now. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was 1961, to be fair. Yeah. It was 60 years ago now. Yeah. And at this point, we were an hour in. And like last time, I just cannot believe there's still an hour to go. Mm. Like, it feels like a point where you would start... Wrapping things up. Yeah. yeah. But again, I mean, there is stuff you could cut out. But in terms of having the plot explained and everything, having it all play out, there's not really anything I would cut. No. But it feels like it needs half an hour cutting from it. Yeah, it's weird. It is. So, I mean, we get basically the same scene again with uh, Vicky and Susan, whichever one it is. Um, a bit of casual slut shaming going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which uh, My dad has all the girls around and you're just one of the... I don't know why I was surprised it was in the 1961 version, that line. Yeah, I thought it felt quite modern when it was in the 90s one. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so I was Not in a good way. No, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, surprised that was in there, but. One thing I was, as well, that I thought was quite interesting was the fact that it's still this couple that are divorced in a film from the 60s. So even that's quite controversial from that time period, is that there's this divorced couple. And it actually gets brought up a couple of times in dialogue how this is the way the world's going now, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's still quite a novel thing to be. Next div- thing I'll show a married couple in the same bed on TV. Oh, now let's not get carried away, Chris. Mm, such filth. If single women can't be shown without wedding rings, they're never going to show yeah. two people in the same bed. It'll be total anarchy. They'll be walking around the streets with their ankles exposed if we're not careful. Oh, well, that would happen in London, not in uh, yeah. not in Boston. Yeah. Boston. Posh Boston. <laughs> then we go back to London. Um, Boston. And... 
<laughs> I've literally just read, like, literally, I thought it was London at this point still. Yeah. Um, so, Grandad, uh, well, no, this is when Hayley Mills reveals that she is the wrong Hayley Mills, and Mum is ecstatic to meet her other child, um, and this is the first point where Grandad actually has something else to do. But basically, all he does is pulls Grandma into the other room and says to just leave them the mm. fuck alone. Yeah, uh, which... get away, wench. <laughs> <laughs> so at least he gets that extra little bit. But then we never hear from him ever again. No, he's gone now, and so is she. Uh, I, I assume they yeah. died, and they've just forgotten about him. Oh no, sorry, I tell a lie, because he's in the very next scene. <laughs> <laughs> he's so... alive. <laughs> so, it's a scene between grandfather and mum, which is quite cute, where he's kind of subtly convincing mum that he needs to kind of impress, you know... Oh, it... we're dress shaming her. <laughs> yeah, I said cute, but what I actually meant was, like, not cute at all. But, <laughs> yeah, he keeps being, like, giving her backhanded compliments, like, oh, it's brave for you to keep your old hairstyle when all these girls have got it in you know this that or the other and uh i bet i bet dad's now got a right younger girlfriend and so he's basically trying to make her fa- want to bang her ex-husband mm, again pretty much yeah which works because she packs some I mean, yeah I, it just uh makes you wonder if he thought all along that she was in the wrong for the divorce to begin with because surely Maybe. As, yep. as dad you think well he clearly wasn't the right one well he obviously fell for the 60s idea of what a, co- a cool guy should be which yeah. is this knobhead that she used to be married to Grandad does this weird thing in this scene where he he taps the ash of his cigarette into his bare hand <laughs> and then from his bare hand just drops it straight onto the floor <laughs> really good if you're just a close up his face going ah <laughs> He thinks he's some hard bastard. <laughs> then, uh, like, come on, then let's have it. <laughs> oh, your dress looks terrible. <laughs> then we go back to California, where they are planning their wedding, and this is kind of instead of the hotel hotel scene, mm. which is where we still get the 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 time from. I think where Vicky and her mate and the vicar, but he calls himself the doctor. I didn't get why. No, I didn't get why either. But maybe that was his like sex name. Maybe, but um, he was they were... quite a pervy character, wasn't he? Yeah, he fancied all the women, and he was trying to touch them up. But uh, he was trying. Basically, they said they were going to have the wedding at home. But this is when Mum and the other girl arrive. So there's lots of wacky bits where mm. Dad sees them. F- like hiding in the tree, so he walks forward and he falls over a chair. Yeah, and apparently. T- the actor legitimately cracked his ribs yeah. to win that, but he just got up and continued the scene. Because he's so hard. Yeah. Uh, and, and Disney don't pay for medical insurance, so we have no <laughs> choice. Then this is, look, in full capitals, I just made the note Boston. Boston. <laughs> so this is when I finally knew where we were. <laughs> oh, after, Boston. Um, and then I quite like that he still manages to fall in a pool like he did at the hotel, but it's his pool this yeah. time. Um, like so contrived the way he does it, the way he just keeps. Oh, I think I'll keep stepping backwards and backwards a bit more and a bit more backwards. Oh shit, my ex-wife wins for poor girl. <laughs> and then now, one thing I will say here is I much prefer this to the remake because in the remake version, for some reason, we decide to have the mum basically be a raging alcoholic and get her well, all they do, don't they? Yeah. Get her all tanked up, and then she's a bit uncontrollable because yeah. she's like. 
controlling her nerves and all that lot, and I just think it was a slightly weak portrayal of her. Yeah. Whereas here, she's just basically making a nuisance of herself, and I think it's much better, much more appropriate for what the plot calls for. Yeah. And then we get our next scene, which is sort of mum and dad having some time to talk to each other, and they have zero chemistry, these two (laughs) actors. They both hate each other. And at this point, I was like, what is there in this film for us to root for, for them getting together? Apart from the kids, because the kids want it. That's the only reason we've got Mm. to think these two should be together, because they don't want to be together. No, not really. Well, I mean, the kids are tolerable. Mm. I didn't hate them. No. In, In the same way, I didn't hate Lindsay Lohan, so... I guess that's okay. Yeah. It, it's about their happiness. They are the main characters, even though at this point, they're just basically background characters to the parents. Yeah, th- this is a weird thing where the kids pretty much disappear for the next half an hour almost, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And then the vicar catches them in a compromising position because he's kind Dad's kind of laid out from all of his pratfalls. Oh, we didn't mention the other bit of domestic violence, did we? So, oh, Vic! So, so the reason why he's laid out is because he gets punched in the eye by her. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and she's, he gets a black eye. Yeah, again, quite a hefty punch for a Disney film. And again, we're not over with the domestic violence. We've got more of that coming later. No. Um, and yeah, we get our pervy like, vicar. Who's these like, days she would be arrested for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there will be a restraining order. Yeah, it's. It's very of and its a, time. And a suspended sentence. <laughs> you spent no, too, it's you, all cute. You've spent too long talking to the inhabitants of Freeman Street, Chris. <laughs> yeah, because most of them have had those charges. <laughs> the vicar catches him and then spends the next, like, way too long going on about how hot mum is. Yeah. And how her dress is lovely and how he wants to bang her. He's incredibly liberal in his attitude towards bigamy, apparently. Yeah. Like, because he, like, introduces her as his wife and he's like, oh, well. oh really? Threesome. Yeah, because obviously he's sorting out another wedding. Yeah. Um, they're always talking in this film about how old mum is. But she looks the same age as Vicky, I thought, for this whole film. Like, there's something about a 60s style that often just makes every woman look the same age to me. Fully agreed. Anything from 20 to 60 look, they we could probably watch films and look at her ages on IMDB and be like either holy shit she's actually quite old or holy shit that's really inappropriate she's like 15 yeah. there is no difference because the way the makeup's done it's all that same yeah. cake up ready for that Vaseline smear close up if you ever have one yeah um, yeah so I couldn't actually tell you how old they were in the film itself I might have a quick look actually uh, why you say the yeah. next bit? Well, then I was just going to say. So we've already got mum and dad and the vicar, and then Vicky comes in, and they all have like a big to do, just chatting and being, you know, backhanded compliments and all this shit with each other, and it's just really long and boring. This whole sequence, and then the kids, um, we see them trying to rope the ranch foreman into something. So this is him. His character finally comes back for his one big scene mm. um where they whisper it and they whisper in his ear and he exclaims a gypsy and it's like, oh God, <laughs> what's gonna happen now? So I'm I'm just trying to find the uh, ages here. So yeah. oh no, that's for kid, that's probably inappropriate. What oh there, there's Vicky. So Vicky in this film is twenty seven. See, I thought she was about 40. Yeah. 
And then, what was her mum called again? Fucked him, Maggie. Sure. I hope that's right. She would have been 41. But they both they they both looked their 40s, yeah? Yeah, Um, agreed. So the kids plan to get their parents together. This is kind of the equivalent of the meal on the boat scene from the the 90s version, where instead they have tea on the patio. So we have the, we have the tea on the patio instead yep. of having a... What was it last time? It was like a basement or something, wasn't it? No, it was on... They they have a, me, a romantic meal on a boat. Oh, they do, yes. I literally just said that. So, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I, got a, I got a text message yeah. while looking at that. I got distracted. And this is where we have the little things so... They've, they've been set up by the kids, yeah. But the kids are there, yeah, interfering. And they've basically put on like a variety show, yep. Where they've, yeah, the ranch foreman is playing the violin dressed as a gypsy, which is it, hilarious to everybody. So, so it's like the bloody Jim Davidson variety show. It really is, yeah. yeah. And then the kids come out. One of them playing the piano. One of them playing a guitar. And the, the guitar, which sounded nothing like an acoustic guitar, by the way. No, and also she really could not play it. It looked like she was smashing her knuckles into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and neither neither of the versions of her could sing. <laughs> yes, I had the same note. She <laughs> is awful. But they were both unable to sing in their own unique way, which is kind of <laughs> in good acting yeah. there. I think I carry a tune better than what they did. It was at this point that I realised that we didn't actually have a backstory for the parents' relationship because in the opening credits of the first film, we see them falling in love on a, on the QE2 and all of this. That's right, yeah. Um, which is then why we get that meal taking place in a boat to yeah. bring them back to that. But th- at this point, um, we don't know fuck all about these, yeah. this couple. It, I think with this, it's just they were a couple once upon a time. Yeah. They argued a lot, they got divorced, they went to extreme lengths to split the kids up and go their own separate ways, which they don't explain here again how that is in any way appropriate. No. Splitting the kids up and then not telling them about the other half. Yeah. To me, that's still quite a dick move from both parents. Yeah. I think I said this in the other version. In the first one, they never actually get married, do they, in the first place? It's kind of, they have this romance and she ends up pregnant kind of mm. thing so well night 98 for you he allowed bastard children men on yeah. in Disney's eyes but here oh no it's against the eyes of God going back to this um, the song sequence where they're doing their variety show this is the only bit of the film <gasps> excuse me this is the only bit of the film that I'd actually seen previously um, are you aware of Disney sing-along songs videos no no, I didn't think you would be. So this was a big part of my childhood and Tilly's childhood. Before the days of YouTube, Disney used to have this series of videos, VHSs, called the sing-along songs. And what it was, was it was basically YouTube on a video. So it would be just the song sequences from various films. Yep. So it would just be cut out, loads stitched together, and there'd be a weird, like, they'd get an animation from a really old 
Disney project and they would make a kind of through line that linked it all together. But obviously, these days, kids just watch the same shit on YouTube without having to do that. Is everybody ready to sing along with Disney songs? at home can sing along with your favorite Disney song. We will play every note so you can sing along. Join my link, sing along with your favorite Disney song. Once you've heard every word, you'll want to sing along. But I don't know all the songs. We'll make sure you can't go wrong. Sing along, one and all, follow the dancing ball. You'll find out before you're done, music's fun for everyone. Join my link, sing along with Wrestling sing along videos. <laughs> God, that'll be niche. The people that get that. <laughs> Me and niche wrestling videos. Yeah. Now it'll never work. <laughs> oh, and then they always had the lyrics across the bottom, and they had a bouncing ball that would skip along the lyrics so you knew which word to sing next. I know exactly how the videos would go as well. <laughs> Chef Two. There we go. Fucking hell. I thought I was out of that game. God damn it, Tim. You need to credit me in this... Uh... Oh, we'll do. I, I'll tag you in, then your notifications will die. Do I get to be an executive producer on this Twitter video? Go <laughs> mm, <come> on, <laughs> Yeah, so after the song, Mum falls out with Dad because he didn't compliment her exactly how she wanted to be complimented. Women, eh? I know. Bloody women. So there's this weird thing where... When they're talking to the kids, I really liked mum because she was really quite nice and sweet and gentle. Dad was a dickhead. But then as soon as the parents get together, the roles kind of reverse and dad kind of chills out when he's around mum and he's quite relaxed, whereas she suddenly turns into a maniac whenever she's talking to him. Do you think it was ever wanted for kids to begin with? I think so. Yeah. I think that's what's happened, and he and he probably he, he was quite chill at being like this eligible bachelor type shagging around. And suddenly he's got two kids to think of, and he's just like brain's just gone. Do you think she turkey basted him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we like suction cups as well while yeah. we're sleeping, unsuspecting. Then we get our camping scene like before, and again it looks like it's shot in exactly the same part of the wilderness. I'm sure those rocks are famous. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me if we used locations. But of course, being the 60s, we had to get an extra point on the without a mouse bingo card because we got some the animal cruelty got in there with some donkeys. Hey, yeah. We need to bring out that bingo card again. We've not used it for a while. I can't find it, mate. I need to redo one. Okay. They pull the same prank on Vicky as they did back in the camp with string and honey and she ends up having her feet licked by bears yeah. the next morning. Which, for this one, is the instant that... I'm 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 I misremembered this. Uh, I thought in the original one she absolutely lost her shit once she had to eat a lizard. No, there were still the lizards in both. The final straw. I mean, like falling in a gob sort of thing. Oh yeah, it did go in her mouth, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. In that one. But that was CGI, I think, wasn't it? Oh, Whereas yeah. this couldn't do that then. No, just got kind of cruelly bringing a lizard, yeah. and probably stamping it to death afterwards, as per Disney procedures. And then because she's because she's angry. Vicky slaps one of the kids. Yeah, yeah, that's... And again, it's a pretty meaty slap that she gives, isn't it? So she says, you're twins, right? So you're, both of you will be able to feel this. So she slaps one of them. Yeah. 
And, and of course, Dad's like, well, bye then. He's a bit blasé about his, one of his kids just being slapped by a stranger. He's also very blasé about the woman that he was going to marry just literally walking out on him. He yeah. doesn't seem... He doesn't even flinch. He's just, just like, oh, well, plenty more of that where it came from. Just carries on eating his trout. Uh, I probably would in that situation as well. He, they get home. Mum's cooked everybody a meal. So Mum and Dad are eating the meal... She goes up a stepladder, and seeing her ass on the stepladder, Dad suddenly falls in love with her, to the point where there's literally a magical jingle sound as he's watching her. And this is the point where he suddenly realises that he can get back with his ex-wife. Of course. Yeah. Um, Cracking bum. I think Dad's just got Stockholm Syndrome, because uh, she's not done anything nice for him. Just suddenly he remembers that's what he likes. I don't know. Maybe he's just thinking, oh crap, I've got no one to shag now. Maybe that's it. Um, yeah. You, walked... you'll do. You, get back here. Here, you're a woman. Yeah. And then the only kind of interesting bit that I quite liked was that it, the film ends with the girls in bed and one of them wakes up and says, oh, I had this strange dream that we were, get that mum and dad were getting married and then it cuts to them getting married. And mm-hmm. I thought that was quite a creative kind of ending. Which what was... way to get to instead of just going, they kiss and leave them married. Yeah. It's a nice roundabout way of doing the inevitable. And that's that. Yeah. <laughs> How long do we get out of that then? Half an hour? <laughs> We've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Not about the film. But... No. Um, what else can we talk about? No, that's it. That's fine. Um... Yes, and next time we're going to do a remake, do your research first so we know what the differences are, <laughs> if there is enough, and we might have to do something a bit more niche or popular next time. Yeah. And not the same thing. So, final thoughts, Christopher? I gave him a year of the episode. Um, with a power hindsight, if I could go back now, I'd probably give the 1998 version probably one less gem because it's such a duplicate. I can't punish the original for copying the remake <laughs> that'd be ridiculous as I've said it's a long film for what it is it's a, the concept's a bit dull but I couldn't tell you how to cut any scenes out or how you can jazz it up I think it does its job well and I assume people really enjoy it really enjoy it it's just one of those that's not for me and I am grateful now that I will never have any other excuse to ever watch any version of A Parent Trap again because I'm a bit tired of the story. But that's not the fault of this film or the 1998 version. No. It's just... Yeah. How about you, Tim? It's very similar, the two, as we've already said. Have you prefer one over the other? I think I prefer the 90s version um, just because there are places where it is ever so slightly streamlined but not very much. And obviously, it was a film that I used to watch a lot when I was a kid. So there is a nostalgia factor involved in oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just think a lot of the the original film spends a lot more time on just dialogue between characters, mm-hmm. and often it's between two characters that do not have much of a like a charisma between no. them. So for that reason, I just way preferred. The 90s version, I think. I think with 
of these like 60s Disney films anyway, they're pretty much saying, okay, who's under contract? Okay, they can play that, they can play that, they can play that, without actually checking yeah. whether or not there's any connection between the two words. Exactly. Obviously, when it comes to like, casting directors and all that lot, they make sure all this stuff works before we even get to the screen now. Yeah. So I think that's your problem there. Yeah. But then, as I've said earlier, in a perverse way, I kind of found it a lot easier to watch because I didn't have to have my bloody notebook in my hand. Oh, wait, I enjoyed that bit. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a nice, relaxing evenings film, and Kirsty was able to sit and watch with me because I wasn't having to yeah. keep starting and stopping. It's one of those rare times where, because when you're doing a review for a podcast, unfortunately, it's a lot like work because you've got to do the notes. Yeah, you can't just sit back and enjoy it. And well, I can't say I fully enjoyed it. In all fairness, um, at least there wasn't that extra element to it. Therefore, yeah. it was easier to yes. watch. So, how many gems are you going to give it? I think I gave the other one six, so I've got to give this one a six as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give it a five. I think you gave it a five last time as well. I probably did. I mean, the difference, although I preferred one to the other, the differences are negligible, so... Yeah, that's why, thinking about it objectively, I can't put the two apart. I probably... Just for the pure nineties aesthetic, I guess I'd probably put the nineties one ahead, but yeah, I can't in conscious actually choose between the two. Well, to put it into perspective, that gives the Parent Trap eleven out of twenty. Yep. Baby Secret of the Lost Legends got thirteen. Oh yes, I fa- but I to be honest, I enjoyed that a lot more because it was meant. Have you actually watched the film? I, I must admit, I've not watched it yet. I will give. I will try and watch it before we record next, and I will give some thoughts, but obviously I won't give a score, because yeah. it's obviously set in stone. I would definitely check it out, especially yeah. if you're going to listen to the episode with uh, Steve. Oh, yeah, yeah, but uh, I've already listened at this point. Wink, wink. Hey. <laughs> kayfabe, kayfabe. Kayfabe, kayfabe, kayfabe. Right, I'm just checking what the parent trap got last time. See, last time the parent trap got 13, so it actually did better. The nineties one did better. One of us gave it a seven. Yeah. I suspect you gave it a seven. I gave it a six. More I could be I wrong. Could. I could always just listen back to the episode, but you know, cool. don't yeah. don't want to manipulate those uh, statistics on uh, Specker, do I? Yeah, I'm just trying to do. You've got to make sure those listens come from New Jersey, <laughs> Colonia, New Jersey, to yeah, be yes. specific. Uh, maybe there's somebody else in Colonia, New Jersey, that listens, and maybe those figures aren't actually all Michael. Maybe it's skewed. Maybe there's a whole fan base in colonial New Jersey, whatever it's called. <laughs> right, so technically, um, we're supposed to have a guest next week, but when I emailed them recently, they didn't get back to me, and I can't be asked to chase them. So let's call it Chris's week. You've put me on the spot here. I knew I had. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, I've not even thought about this. And that means you'll have to turn up to the recording as well. I know, I've got no excuse, I can't dive out of this one. Um, give me a minute, bloody... Um... <laughs> You've actually caught me out because I was fully expecting a guest. Well, whilst you're looking at that, I can just say that we've um, just had another bit of uh, feedback on the show. Okay. Again, Joseph C. Wilfred, who um, is a really big follower of ours on Twitter, he's always got something positive to say, which is great. He's just commented because as we're recording today, it's the day after the Meet the Deedles episode went live. Um, he's just said, I meant to say that this is really good. I always enjoy when you have guests and Chris seemed good fun. Have him back for more. And I must say, I was thinking that myself today as I was uh, listening to the episode as I was, as I was unclogging my sister's drain pipes. Not a euphemism. 
<laughs> you could just see me go. Ah. I beat you to that one. Yeah, it's like a red light. It's like ding. Um, now there's a few choices I was tempted by. One of them would be the Dumbo film from last year, just because apparently there's a bit. You wouldn't know this. This is a, a wrestling sort of boxing reference, but it's like okay. a, ring, a ring announcer who's famous for saying, "Let's get ready to rumble." Everyone knows that, Chris. But in the, apparently in Dumbo, he's on there saying, "Let's get ready for Dumbo." Apparently, he says it twice as well. Brilliant, but I think we'll avoid doing that. Yes, so we will. I have a risk of doing another long film. I think we should go for heads or tails sort of situation because I've got two in mind. Okay, one I've seen, one I haven't, and they are notorious films from recent age. So I'm gonna flip on this. Okay. Shall I say he's literally getting a coin out for this? I've got a quid out for this one. Don't tell me what the choices are, because uh... so I've I've got it in my head what it is. Yeah. Let's see how this tale works. Ends. Flip the line. <laughs> Let's see how this tale ends. Edit that bit. <laughs> it's heads. So the next film we're gonna do is. 2012, I think it was. Oh, okay, quite recent. Yep. John Carter. Oh, no. Spoiler, I don't think he's that bad. Oh, okay. To be fair, I've not watched it, but I know its reputation. And I only watched it on New Year's Eve, so I can make really light notes on it again, (laughs) and I can turn up all ready to go. Well, I know that's already on the Disney Life app, so that's good. Yep. Cool. So... Okay, we're done. We are. We've already given our handles out here. We yeah. have. Um, bye. Tatty bye. Without a Mouse is part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Logo by Chris House. Theme tuned by Ether Or. Previously on the We Made This Network. You won't forget me. This film is often and rightly regarded as one of Joan's best. Here she gives a performance under the guidance of Q-Core and with the support of worthy co-stars Douglas and Beat that shows her very soul. Her eyes are like luminous liquid windows to her heart. There is no glamour here. It is all about the story, about Anna Holm and her need to remove herself from a past that has been one solid mass of black. Make it so, a Star Trek Picard podcast. I do think the the gap between Freaks and Breaker probably isn't that huge either. Yes, I agree. Things like the love of jazz and stuff was all him. Various things that he brings into the character. The love of cooking must be him. You know, yes. and, and it's something yeah, that he's yeah, yeah. brought into Riker, especially later on. You know, is the the controversial Enterprise final episode. He took on the role of the chef, so he got to do some you know, food prep, and <laughs> and this is what he spends a lot of this episode doing as well, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. It's <laughs> the last time we saw him, he was, you know, he was making food, and now he's doing it again. <laughs> this, is, this is what Riker does now. You know, and I feel like that <laughs> might it might be a freaks thing. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm.
the giddy carousel of pop. Before we clamber aboard the carousel, Hannah, could you tell us a bit about why you chose this particular issue? What, what jumped out when you were looking through and deciding which one to choose? Well, there were two main things. Um, Chris and Neil. No, the Pet Shop Boys cover, I absolutely loved it with the sailor hats. And um, it was, of course, Neil Tennant that made me want to work on Smash Hits. I went in and told my teachers that I wanted to go and be deputy editor like him. And they said, don't be so stupid, just go into teaching. It's never going to happen. But fortunately, I ignored them, so that's good. (laughs) But the other thing, I can remember getting this issue so clearly. The other thing was... There's an interview with Michael Hutchins, the most beautiful man that ever lived. And the the one-page poster, it's just exquisite. He's all curly hair and smouldering some... He's, um, yeah, it's just amazing to see him in there. It was like, oh, who's this? What's going on? Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network.